The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thanks for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. Uh, doing a special edition today. Nick had just done a quick vlog in this truck. We're in the 2015 Ram Box. Uh, that's what we call our shop truck here. Has the emissions equipment intact. We just put on a new R&D uh, twin turbo kit from ATS. Truck has a few other mods. We'll go through that. But Chris and I thought kicking off the podcast today, this would be a lot of fun to uh, get you guys a chance to kind of see inside the cab, see what the truck looks like, and uh, get some of our reactions about driving it. I think this is my first time driving it since the twins have been on there. Chris, how about you? Uh, I've had the opportunity to beat on it a little bit, not gonna lie. Okay. Uh, so I've had a couple, yeah, probably 100 miles of seat time in it. Um, you know, first impression, you know, coming from some of the other trucks with uh, some of the twin turbos, drop-in turbos, things like that. Um, it doesn't have that lagginess down low kind of feel with the emissions equipment. So driving in this, the characteristics of this truck, it, it's kind of a hybrid of old school versus new school, I feel. Gotcha. Um, you know, so I mean, it's something that, uh, it, it's hard to describe, I think you would say at times. <laughs> so it, it, it's a nice driver to say the least. It, re it really is. And you know, we want to give a huge shout out to CPS, uh, Calibrated Power Solutions. They make the Diesel Performance Podcast possible. Of course, you can call them anytime. You can reach Chris or myself or anybody else at 815-568-7920. Uh, we're always happy to talk to you about tuning your Cummins, your Duramax, your John Deere's, your Case. Uh, pretty much anything with a diesel in it, we want to talk about it at the very least. Um, now that we're actually in the truck and we're starting to get out of town, we can get on the throttle a little bit here, you can immediately feel how much more fun this truck is. Now, when we got it, it's a nice package. It's a Laramie package. So if you guys are familiar with the trim level, that includes pretty much every bell and whistle I could fucking think of. What do you, how do you describe this interior, Chris? It's the Mercedes of trucks. <laughs> no, it's a nice driving truck. I mean, you know, Guys, you know, a couple years ago you would talk to, you know, you want something new, plush, updated, you went and looked at Ford or you looked at Chevy. Uh, Ram stepped up their game. This has been established in other, you know, podcasts and interviews with these newer trucks. But, uh, you know, first impression, like, like I'm going back to driving the truck, okay? Yeah. We were just doing 40 mile an hour, you get on the throttle. This truck loves to be on the highway. It likes to go highway speeds, like oh, yeah. it's effortless. Um, you know, where the, the factory had their shortcoming, you know, we're able to, up the rest yeah I th so we usually talk about transient throttle response that's yep. something if you watch a lot of duramax tuner or calibrated power videos you hear nick talk about a lot obviously it's built yep. been drilled into chris and myself um how does it feel to go from one throttle position to the next that, that that's a lot of what we're talking about here um this truck is phenomenal it's always smooth it always has power it's always pulling as far as the interior goes I've always said Ford had the best interior, GM had the best ride quality, and Cummins had the best power package as far as like a platform to build on. This truck really challenges that. Uh, leather seats, it does have a bit of plastic dash, but like it has the nice faux stitching. It has a lot of really cool upgrades throughout it. Also, as funny as it is, we always kind of joke about calling this truck Ram Box because it does have those stupid storage containers in the bed, oh. like on the side of the bed. Yeah, It yeah. is kind of one of those dorky little things, but it's I mean, you can very convenient. You can use that as a as a negotiating tool. Nick offered to sell this to me not long ago. Yeah. And I told him five K off whatever you're asking just because of the Ram box. <laughs> and he was like, get out of my office, you know? So you gotta use that to your advantage. It is. I mean it, But it's actually very useful. They're functional. No, the Ram box is a nice 
it's a nice option. It's a it stupid really little thing that you don't think of, and then when you have it, you're like, oh, I guess I could fit a 30 <laughs> clip in here and some ice. Like, you know, why, why not? I'm not partying this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, wheels, tires, all the basic stuff that comes on the truck, all top quality. I really don't have any complaints about it. In stock form, all of my complaints about this truck was always about how does it feel to drive? Yeah. You know, it tows anything that you're going to hook up to it within reason that's, you know, standard rated gross vehicle weight stuff. Um, but yeah, as far as like, it just didn't feel like it had 390 or 380 horsepower or whatever. It really felt much lower than that because you couldn't put that power on the ground. You couldn't use it. So immediately when we went back with this truck, the first thing we did was EFI live tuning. Yeah, that was, was, I mean, this was our staple truck. We had this, we had a 14 at the time that we were doing R and D on. Uh, I believe we got this the end of December of 2015. Yeah. Um, you know, so we've had this truck for a few years now and you know, it's crazy to see the, uh, how this truck has evolved, you know, with all the calibrations. It, it's constant, like you know, it, it was. It was the R&D test mule. Um, we worked it on the dyno, we worked it on the street. I remember Nick driving it for weeks and yep. weeks and weeks. And then we'd go out to beta test it with uh, dealer trucks and then come back and get feedback and have to go make all the revisions oh, yeah. on this truck. The best and, thing ever is, well, how do these transits hold up? How does the truck hold up? <laughs> well, I have 35,000 miles on this truck and this has been the test bed. This is the truck that's had the shit kicked out of it, dyno after dyno run, sled pull. They let us race. drive it. Yeah, they let me drive it. Don't ever <laughs> let me drive your stuff, Nick. But you know, I mean, this thing has really stood the test of time. It's a very robust platform to work off of and again I think this foundation speaks volumes especially yeah. where it's at today and and you know the EFI live tuning was a night and day difference in this truck there's no question about that so if you have the old EFI live tuning I think you're still 10 steps ahead of being yeah. stock MM3 that's the other big question I always get what about MM3 and EFI live well, it's a functionality thing in my opinion it's not necessarily never, the tuning is better on one or the other i would never other. tell a guy with efi live to go backwards and do mm3 no. you already purchased the bully dog you already purchased the efi the tuning versus tuning it's all going to be relatively the same it's the scenario or the process in which you get the tuning on the truck that's exactly the difference. exactly should i take a right here yeah sure they all connect okay uh so as we're driving around on some back roads here to talk to you guys there's some other things that pop into my head. Chris had mentioned the transmission. We go through a couple of the life of this transmission, right? Because we couldn't just keep it all stock to test all of our peak power output. So one of the first things we did in our trans, we put that ATS high pressure valve body yeah, kit. That in. was the first thing we did when we started testing the bigger power levels. It makes a huge difference. Now I got to drive it before and after. I know you did too, yeah. Chris. What what's some of your feedback that you noticed right away when you put the high pressure valve body kit in? So common questions when you do the valve body, guys always ask, well, what am I gonna gain? You're gonna gain nothing. You're not gonna feel drivability improvements or differences. What the valve body kit does is gives us the ability to ask the transmission valve body to make higher line pressures. And those added line pressures are a necessity in harnessing that power through the trans properly. Absolutely, it's about it's about applying clutch pressure. So when we apply clutch pressure, we get better holding capacity out of the clutches. When we're using the standard cal from the, from the factory on a 68 RFE, they don't actually apply enough pressure to hold the clutches up to the torque loads that we're putting through the trans. Right. So that gives us, just like Chris said, it gives us the ability to command more and have it actually hold. And that's a big deal as we get into these trans because they are probably one of the big weak links on drivability. Well, like you said too, you know, oh, you, this truck has 370, 380, whatever the, the factory estimated power is, you don't feel that. And when guys call in talking about these trucks are doggy, it's not the motor that doesn't make the power, it's the trans not harnessing the power to the ground, whether it's short shifting, not letting the engine make its torque or being an efficient RPM window. That's it, that's we talk about it so much. It's a, the, the short shift is something that's really commonly described on these. 
So if you have a stock truck and you go to floor it, you'll notice it, it revs up to about 3000 RPM and it sits there and it clicks off first to second, second to third. Then when it finally goes third to fourth, it'll lock the converter. You'll see the RPMs drop down and all of a sudden the truck will take off. That's applying the pressure to the ground. Now you're actually putting the power on the ground. Some of the things we do in trans tuning or Nick does in trans tuning is we're able to, to lock those earlier, hold those gears longer and use that. And that's that's what makes probably, I think, one of the biggest impacts besides just the throttle response. Absolutely. Um, as we start working down the line, I start thinking about some of the other things we did. I know we did end up doing a gear and torque converter on these. Now, these are a beefier torque converter than what we've seen in the past, especially from Cummins. Yeah, I mean, you know, if someone's looking to run, you know, like a, a max effort style tune on a stock injector turbo, the factory torque converter is going to hold. Dual Again, disc, the totally big thing, fine. guys, it's all based upon how you're driving the truck. If you're on 37s and you're beating the hell out of the truck, well, yeah, you're probably going to want to address a couple things. But <laughs> for a guy like this truck, 33-inch tall tires, it's a daily commuter, might take it to a drag strip or a sled pull maybe once a year or twice a year, or just yeah. want to have fun on the weekends and a nice commuter, then yes, the factory trans with the valve body upgrade are going to suffice. And that's it. And that's, that's really the only reason we did it is we had to find out what were the limits. And as we continue to push this truck and we get into some of the other stuff that's a lot more fun, we had to make sure that we were still going to be able to stay on the road. So we were planning on doing something turbocharger wise. We had plans on using this truck for R&D for future products. So yes, a triple disc, Garand torque converter was put into the mix. Uh, you don't really feel a difference in drivability. Like the truck doesn't act differently to it at all, but that was just one of the staples as far as knowing that that foundation is set. Absolutely. And you know, we have some expectations as we get into this. It's not like you get into a new truck and it's completely all new. You've never seen it before. It holds a lot of similarities to the past. There's a heritage in these trucks or a pedigree in these trucks. So we knew when we were dealing with a, a dual disc torque converter from Cummins or from the 68 RFE, we knew it was going to hold to a certain extent and we expected it to fail as we went beyond that extent. Um, Next then, then we dove into MM3, I believe, yeah. right after we did the converter, MM3 came yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, we were working with MM3 for a while and we were looking for a test bed. And I yep. remember us sitting at our office and Nick's like, well, we need a truck. Well, the Ram box, let's burn one of these units and get the ball rolling. <laughs> um, you know, and again, going to it, yes, we did what we tell our customers not to do or that they don't need to, but this is our test truck. So yeah, we, we to had to. It. I mean, we're in a different situation. We, we yeah. had to use it. The cool thing is that when they went out to use it, I expected it to be like a, the other R&D projects we see where it's weeks or it's months, you know, and it takes time. It was a two day project. It literally it, was. It literally it was. was understanding what was going on, loading the tunes. Once they figured you know, out the procedure, it was I mean, nothing. When we get the hardware, we don't, we, we have the same, oh, figure it out mentality as what our, <laughs> our customers do. The difference is, is when we call some of our vendors that we do business with, yeah, they're, they're not a phone call away like we try to be. So right. understand that guys, we do do our best, but we learn from experience the install, the loading of the tunes, what have you, the whole nine yards there. And uh, within a couple days, we were all going on test drives with the same power potential, just on a different software. So, And I literally, I, I don't, don't think you could the tell the difference in the no. Pepsi Challenge. Other, I think if you did a blind drive, which don't do a blind drive, yeah. um, but I think if you did it, I don't think you'd be able to tell the no. difference. It feels the same. There's it's no the difference. same essential tunes. Um, the guys in tuning have told me that there's a few extra support tables in the MM3 compared to EFI Live. It's not enough to say that, again, that you could tell the difference as a driver. Probably only somebody who actually worked in the tuning department would ever be able to tell the difference. I mean, on the, you know, take behind the scenes out of the equation. I think for the end user, the MM3 is a nicer platform. 
Again, it's one unit, it does it all. The switch on the fly is done through your gauge display, so you're gaining gauges out of this as well. Right. So it's just, it's a nice, you know, end user interface when it's all said and done. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. It's easy to use, it's uh, pretty easy to install. I think a lot of guys have a hard time finding that J1939 link under the hood yeah. for the MM3, but it's a little bit of pushing around. It depends, every year it's in a different location. That's right. the only problem, so. <laughs> um, then the history on this truck was, it pretty much sat that way for quite a while. We were driving it, it's our tow truck, so when, when somebody's going to the sled poles or when we're going to an event, uh, whatever it is, this is the truck we used to tow it with because everybody fits inside. You get heated and air-cooled seats. Yeah, Absolutely. spacious. It's, it's everything we want out of driving a bunch of guys around, right? So it tows everything. We have the fifth wheel in the back. Um, it sat that way, I don't even know, a little bit less than a year. Uh, just kind of waited like we thought actually initially i think we all planned on it being a single turbo a drop-in like the duramax we talked about a single turbo option for a little while and as you know nick's foundation has always been the duramax side and as our tuning yeah. support supported other platforms we've gotten into that so we had a couple of missions intact twin turbo lml trucks nick being one of the first ones in the country to have that absolutely and uh it just made sense to where you know, the, the platform of the Ram, uh, the emissions equipment, it's very sought after, very durable. So why not throw a set of compounds on there and see what this thing can really do? And that's that's exactly what we got together with ATS. Actually, if you guys listen back, we interviewed Clint Cannon from ATS Diesel Performance about this emissions intact twin turbo kit. Uh, at that time, it, there was only one kit out there. It was just in the first stages of R&D. We're kind of in the second or third stages. I don't really know that. I'm just guessing we're a little bit further down the line. A little bit, maybe not much, but a little bit. Right, so <laughs> a little bit more polished of a product, uh, not quite as many guesses. Um, I think the techs would say that there's still some some room for improvement as far as the installation goes. I mean, in ATS a part defense, of it. we pushed them on this kit. Oh yeah, oh we this had to have This was a few it. months, you know, Mr. Yeah. Gelinas, we need the kit, we need the kit. <laughs> like we, you know, they were not ready to send us a kit. We pushed them into, we want the kit, we want to get the ball rolling. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what, it panned out because it gave us a chance to understand the process as well. And so it was really interesting, I, I want to say, because we work on our trucks in between other trucks, like we don't, we don't make customers wait for us to finish our projects, right? Yeah. So it took the guys in the shop a little bit longer to get back and be able to work on this at nights and during slow times and things like that and get her ready to get going. But once it did, I'll say everybody who's gotten behind the wheel has been ecstatic about it. Um, this has been one of those that you just get in and go. Like once they're finished with with getting it together. It's everything you need. And I do think the 10 mil pump, um, the 10 mil CP3 pump to back it up made a lot of sense. I mean, there's these there's don't a run a ninth things. injector, so you don't run into the problem with conversion kits on those. I think you gotta have a little bit better understanding. Is a 10 mil pump a necessity to make the power that we did? No. No. You know, you can you can get by and make similar power to what this truck's making, but the strategy there was is to run a higher rail pressure. So that's where the 10 mil pump came in because they are a little stronger. Um, you know, so that, that was the main reason. And we might investigate some injectors in the future. Yeah. We don't know. We're just taking it, you know, day well, by we, day. We got to get to the edge. I'm sure eventually exactly. we'll build it to that point. But that was the other thing about putting in the 10 bar map sensor was right in that line. No performance benefit, right? We just, we knew we wanted to measure and dial in the tune because we were going to make more boost than what the factory map sensor And having does. the ability to use this MM3 unit and be able to monitor boost up to upwards of 80, 90 PSI. Not that this truck is making that, but where the factory map sensor falls off at 37, 38 PSI, the 10 bar map sensor picks up the difference. 
absolutely. And so those two products, you know, kind of in conjunction gave us a lot more ability for tuning, um, not necessarily required for the power output. No, I mean, you know? just like the, uh, you know, the air fuel ratio, you know, do I recommend this gauge on, on customer trucks? No. Nope. Do we use it? Yes, because we're using our trucks as a test dummy, our trucks as the test dummy, sorry. Yep. And then, you know, when we offer a product to the end user or calibrated power or whatever, it's something we have a better idea, we have a better leg to stand on because we know where the truck lies because, again, we've already been driving it. And that's, um, so that's, that's I think, the perfect place to wrap up. We're going to do a little bit of road testing for you guys so you get to see kind of some of our feelings about the general idea of how this truck performs out on the street. We'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. We're breaking new ground in the turbocharger market with our Stealth Series. Stealth 64 is a perfect replacement for any stock turbocharger on any year Duramax. The 64mm compressor wheel adds at least 80 rear wheel horsepower on a stock fuel system while maintaining stock drivability and excellent spool-up. The Stealth 64 also helps maintain lower EGTs under heavy loads, especially useful for you guys pulling. If you're looking to upgrade or replace your stock turbocharger, Check out the Stell 64. Perfect balance between power and drivability in a drop-in stock-appearing turbocharger. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com or give us a call at the office at 815-568-7920. All right, guys, and we're back. Thank you so much. Um, we're gonna do a couple of quick road tests here, as I had mentioned. Chris is gonna drive for our zero to 60 test. We don't have any fancy monitors or gauges with us. So I'm just gonna show you a picture of my phone running to um, as long as it takes Chris to get up to 60 miles an hour. So y'all yeah. go, I will hit the start button and then y'all 60 when you hit 60, Chris. All right, guys, and go. Might've been a little slow on the response. and cut i missed the stop button uh rookie we might try that one more time sorry guys we didn't plan for this right all right maybe to help with the lag the turbo on the bottom i'm going to give it a little boost a little okay? little a little staging all right okay zero to 60. go and good there you go, about seven and a half seconds, my, my guesstimate there. So that's with him just barely staging it. Uh, when you generally read zero to 60 reports, they're at a track and they stage it as hard as they can. They launch it as hard as they can. We're on a public black back road, guys. Right, right. We're, we're being responsible adults yes. for the first time ever. Um, so yeah, all right, next test, Chris, is sound. So for this one, guys, I, I got a microphone on. I don't know how much you'll be able to see it. We'll kind of have to describe it. Chris, where do you think this truck makes the most sound? The most sound, I would say, is past 60 mile an hour. Getting the atmospheric turbocharger into boost, hearing that turbo whine coming out of the engine bay, that's really the only sound you're going to gain here, guys. The factory exhaust system really keeps the engine nice and quiet. That's it. Is, it. it is a extremely quiet truck. Yeah. It definitely has that sleeper effect, to say the least. Right. Um, okay, so sound, it is mostly whistle. You hear no to li very little exhaust. Yeah, take that back. Yeah, That's the, the right road. direction. Guys, we have no idea where we're at, by the way. <laughs> we just started driving. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, actually, that's 100% accurate. We are. We are we're, we're not lost. We're just in a new road that neither one of us have ever been on before. We're trying to backtrack after right. about eight turns. So so the sound on these is, is like I said, very, very quiet. Yep. Uh, you won't hear any exhaust, a little bit of engine noise. I would say when it's stationary and you're standing next to it, it's fucking silent. Yeah. Um, 
And then, yeah, as you get onto it and you get above 60, or if you're pulling something, you got a lot of RPM out of it, that's when you'll probably start to get some noise out of it and you'll hear mostly turbo. Um, don't hit this tractor in the road. Oh, no. Chris. All right, um, towing. Chris, have you towed with this truck? I have, I have. Okay, I uh, have not got to tow anything with this truck. I got to tow the race truck from uh, to and from Shides last year in this Oh, thing. no shit. Yeah, so a good amount of miles. Okay, uh, how was it when you were going over hills? Uh, it maintained speed, you know, it was able to hold gear, keep torque up, uh, EGTs never got over about 1175, so I mean, all in all, this was very manageable. The truck drove very nice, um, you know, I would say that you couldn't feel it back there, but when you apply the brakes, you felt it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, we always talk about like, uh, towing is pretty much limited by the brake system of yeah. the truck. It's not limited by the power of the truck, yeah. right? So. Uh, as we get into these, there's really only so much you can do. You can get into some aftermarket brakes. You want to be careful yeah. on the brake side because if you go too aggressive or too good right. of brakes, they suck to drive. Yeah. They just they want to throw the anchor yeah. every time. Yeah, you got to be very careful with that stuff. I mean, not that a, when you when you read about the diesel performance stuff, you don't really hear or read a lot about brakes yeah. upgrades. But it, I think it's starting to become a little more popular. The Durber back at Calibrated Power, they have a set of Willwoods. Right. Uh, massive. You got to have a 20-inch wheel. And I was going to say, have to wheel, have 20. You could literally put a piece of paper in between the clearance it's there. It's so tight. nothing. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. And then uh, I think we're going to pull it over and I'm going to do a little driving. Yeah. You sure you can handle this? Uh, maybe. Man, you went from like a Power Stroke to a Sentra. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa. You're skipping man, over the Kodiak Alack. That was before the Power Stroke. It was. That's what I'm saying. The Kodiak Alack, the Power Stroke, and now the Sentra. That was a Sentra. nice unit. That was yeah. a nice unit. Yeah. All sure. of them. All of them. <laughs> right. They were all nice units. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to pull over right at the stop yeah. sign, you know, Perfect. do the Chinese fire drill and get Love back it. at it. Love it. Real. Um, I am in the truck now. Chris, what are the last three that we're doing? All here? right, I'll have to pick up my list. Um, so we could talk about throttle response. Oh, this is my favorite. Okay, give you guys some examples. I am doing a very reasonable 50 miles an hour. Uh, I will immediately roll on the throttle to about 30% right there. A little bit of boom. I am now at 75 miles an hour. It's gonna, nothing. They're, they're, the, the way of throttle response is because you have a twin kit or just any diesel, it's going to take just a second to get on the spool up if you're not already into boost, and then it just runs. I'm going to bait you into something. How is the throttle down low coming from that stop sign back there? Okay, throttle down low, right? So that so you're talking about low speed, low throttle driving. Just taking off from a stop sign. How does that throttle feel to you? It, it, I don't want to say it feels like a gasser to where there's always power yeah, under the that, pedal. No decent, no one ever believed no, in that. No, right, right. But it's as close as a, you could get to that from a diesel, yeah. if that makes sense. Like it is one of the quickest up on and moving. Yeah. Of course, if you're rolling on it, I mean, it's hard to keep this thing in the speed limit. I don't know if you guys can see my head going back. Um, I was joking around, you know, guys were talking to me a couple weeks back about, you know, the twin kit for the 2.8 yeah. and the twin kit on this. And as I said earlier, this thing loves to go highway speeds. This thing wants to go 70, 80 mile an hour. This thing is happiest there. I feel. All, all the time. It just, it pulls you to there. And, and that's, just, that's it, one of the coolest wants. things is as I'm looking at it, like I'm even trying to slow down a little bit more so I can get some lower speed throttle yep. responses. Um, it's not ridiculously snappy. Chris, you've driven older, shitty trucks with a box programmer where 50% yeah. throttle is really 100% throttle. They were nice older trucks with really good box programmers. Right. Asshole. Right, exactly. So they were <laughs> shitty. Um, they, they got down. It's So those those 
kind of fuck up your shifting. They kind of cause a bunch of erratic shifting and it gets real snappy. Especially with the newer trucks where everything's so uh, electronically controlled or electronically yeah. sensitive. You gotta be careful with that when you're getting into the box programmers and whatnot. As you operate the engine, you gotta address the trans. You know, again, the custom tuning, you have that support. But, uh, you know, I feel that the throttle on this is, is very pleasant to drive. Um, it's not too snappy, it's not too sensitive. I do feel it's just right. Someone that's coming from a stock truck into, you know, some tuning that's looking for something like this. Um, it's like a breath of fresh air. Guys are getting rid of their newer trucks for older stuff because of this reason, they right. need that. Right, and so. that's that's what's cool about it is this is that chance to get all of that new features, those new benefits. You get a Ram box, you get Ram ice box. cold air on your balls. It's yep. it's yep. amazing. Box As box. we get into something like this, it really is throttle response is kind of a joke. There's nothing I've driven that I would I would prefer to drive when it comes to throttle response in this truck with the twin kit. Without the twin kit, I probably like LMLs a little bit more. So if you're kind of debating between the two in these similar year ranges, that's what you're dealing with. Oh, and I guess the last one on here you know I, I guess you can't really uh, talk about you know or, or, or you know display this in a video but the emissions health so the emissions equipment and the health and what we can offer or what what that looks like you know Chris I work a lot of the Facebook comments for calibrated power and for Duramax tuner and every time we post about emissions equipment power I get two or three guys on there who are like they just believe it's impossible to add power without adding smoke. Yeah. They, they just, they don't understand how you could use more fuel and not have more smoke, but it's actually really simple. So when it comes down to controlling the amount of fuel, it's not, it's not a mechanical pump and a mechanical injector that just simply always sprays X amount of fuel. Right. We use tables that base different reference points to tell the truck how much fuel to spray. Okay. So if we're using a correct amount of air, to match the amount of fuel that we're spraying, there's no reason to have excessive fuel. We use the correct amount of fuel, even if it's more than what the factory cal is, we use the correct amount of fuel based on the amount of air we have available for that driving operation. This keeps a very clean truck. So if there was no DPF on this truck, if it was deleted, you still wouldn't be seeing a bunch of black smoke rolling out of the tailpipe when we're going to get on it. You might get a light puff real down low right when you take off the line, but as you get moving and build boost, the truck cleans up. Well, it's the same thing if I put a DPF there. It might throw a little bit of, of soot right when I take off, but as the truck moves, I start put producing clean air. I'm not dumping a bunch of soot into the exhaust. 35,000 miles, 33, it's like almost at 34,000 miles here. Uh, we have never had a single emissions equipment issue on this truck. And again, they like guys like Chris and I drive it. They put it on the dyno. They run it back to back to back. They hot lap it. We've drag raced it. We've sled pulled it. We tow with it across the country. Look at it this way, guys. No problems. If I call Nick and say, hey, I broke the truck, it doesn't come out of my pocket. Right. Okay. I'm not saying that I drive it like I stole it, but I drive it like I stole it. Okay. It, uh, there, as Paul was saying, you know, there is a there is a lot that goes into the calibration. It's not just add fuel and you make all this power. There's more there. Timing, boost curves, how the fuel vamps up. So there is a lot there, and I think that you know the compound setup really adds to that, where we're able to make that power and keep it drivable. We don't see as frequent regen cycles and even with the stock or factory offered us. Again, with improving the, the mapping and understanding how that air fuel mixture comes into play, we're able to see those improvements across the board. And that's really what it comes down to. You know, will we see DPF failures, NOx failures, SCR failures, uh, DEF codes as we progress life with this truck and we roll past okay. 150, 200,000 miles? 
I don't know. Probably. Are you going to see breaks. water pump issues, injector issues, right. turbo issues? Yeah, those aren't emissions equipment, guys. Are you going right. to delete that too? Probably Shit. not. Yeah. So, you know, it, unfortunately, that that it is what it is. It's, and that is, I, I think that's a really good point, Chris, because that's kind of how I feel about guys who want to delete the DPF because they got one DEF code one time. Yeah. It's like, well, you got one DEF code, just fix that NOx sensor, which most of the time is under warranty anyways, my truck said and then move on. My truck said 150 miles till, uh, till go see dealer, reduce power. Okay, well, what happened? Well, I just kept driving it and it went away. Okay, well, have you gone to the dealer? No. <laughs> well, you probably should have went to the dealer, but apparently it didn't leave you stranded either. So, right. So, you know, you have to think about that. And so that's why I think a lot of times, like, guys want to give a lot of pushback. And listen, if you've already deleted, you've already deleted, you did it for one reason or another, you like the sound, you just wanted to see smoke, whatever it is. And I don't care. You're not wrong to do it. It's your fucking truck. Own and, it, enjoy it. But look at it this way, too. Just to the guys why. that do have a deleted truck, this is still a sustainable power that you can make even with a deleted truck. This right. isn't geared up just towards an emissions compliant you know, tune. That's not the purpose of this. Exactly. What we're trying to get at is this is a newer truck. Uh, there's a ton of support out there. And this is a setup that you could take out on the weekend. You could take during the week for work. You could have your wife drive it, have your daughter drive it, whatever the case may be. And it's a very robust, but still very drivable. Um, and what's weird is, did you, I mean, not, not to you know say anything out of the way, but you didn't have to relearn how to drive this truck. You got on it and drove it. It drove very similar to stock. That's, that's it. You want man. power, you apply the throttle. That's it. It's so it's so amazing to feel it because it doesn't feel like we get into a lot of modified yeah. trucks, obviously, with where we work. And you can get big S three sixty sixes or bigger, and, you know, and a lot bigger than that, right? But um, it gets very laborsome to drive. You they have do. to. You can't just stop the throttle and get the truck to go. Right. You have to play with the throttle. You have to make sure you're at a specific RPM range. You gotta you know figure out you know where that turbo comes in the boost, not smoke out an intersection behind you. This just offers really nice airflow throughout the whole RPM range. And it's fun. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You know, I think a lot of us, like, we like the math, we like the science to back up what we want, right. but in the end of the day, you, you gotta have fun driving the truck. And this is, I mean, like he said, Chris, you know, the, you could do anything you want with it. Like you, anything you could think of that you could do with a stock truck, you can do with this truck, no problem. But this is more fucking fun and that's that's just what it comes down to um chris what else what other notes do you have about the truck what else do you I think mean, somebody would be interested in to learn about it i mean other than that i mean we talked about the spool up we talked about the sound as far as what we have in our handy dandy note sheet um you know street driving and just the general feel i mean we didn't really hit that one but that's been one that's been touched on on every answer yeah. every you know bullet point more or less here i'll simplify it it's perfect yeah i mean Guys, you got to keep in mind, this is a very simple setup. This still has stock head bolts. Yeah. This doesn't have a coolant bypass. This has, this doesn't have a built trans. This is a stock trans with upgrades in it. You know, again, this is something that... Which are all the things, by the way, that we told guys not to do with older trucks. We yeah. told them, don't be cheap, build it right the first time, yada, yada. And then now we got to this truck and we were like, uh, actually, we can get away with it. The factory made it better. So now we're using what we have. And I think, you know, too, we're working with a truck that doesn't have 150,000 miles. We're not working with a truck that's had a box programmer on there where it's seen some excessive heat and EGTs over time to where, you know, the head gaskets do become a, you know, a failure point and things like that. Um, but this is a real world setup. This is something that, I mean, clearly with 35,000 miles on it, we drive it every day. Um, it, it doesn't sit in a, you know, in our shop and collect dust. It's just, it's a usable truck. Yeah. And I, I don't want to keep repeating myself with that, but that's the best way to describe it. Absolutely. Guys, this has been Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. Thanks for watching or listening, hopefully both.
Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. Man, we should do a burnout. Not a bad idea. Do you have traction control on? Probably. Oh, yeah, Bill. Oh, yeah. There you go. And we're out.